Welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. This is your host, Bryce Batts. I'm a career coach, mom of two girls, former college cheerleader, and current encourager of women. I'm so grateful you're here. It's my mission to help women break through the glass ceiling, rise up, and step into their greatness. Now grab a glass of wine and settle in. Well, Kat, I'm so excited you're here. So tell us about yourself and what you're working on. Bryce, thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, well, right now what I'm working on is a podcast. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I've been a business owner for 16 years and I have had many ups and downs. And where I've landed now is um, our, my income is our sole income for our family. We just purchased a house. We Incredible. just Thank you. Yeah, we just had a baby girl, just paid off all the fertility bills. I mean, like, it's been a lot and it's been really a really interesting ride and it has been very messy and chaotic. But like, my family is my number one. We all love each other so much. And so, um, yeah, here we are. Here we are. And I am just pushing and working and like, I, I really feel blessed to have found my calling. I really, I really found my calling. So work doesn't feel like work. Work feels like having fun. <laughs> well, that is amazing. And two things that really stood out to me, you said you just bought a house, you just had a baby, and you're doing this all on your income. You're an entrepreneur who's been in business for 16 years. We know most small businesses fail in the first few years. So that is incredible. As you mentioned, surely there's highs and lows, ups and downs, but way to persevere and tell us what you do. What is your, your business? Sure. So um, I am an entrepreneur. I'm a mentor to business, to creative business owners, um, people who are creative, who run businesses. And, um, but I, I, the business that brings in, that brings home the bacon is our continuing education offering. And so we've been doing that for about nine years, but then before that I had a private practice. And so it's been, I've built upon, I've built upon this thing, even though 2005 is when I started, it feels like just yesterday. I oh, can't wow. Right. It, 2005 to me just feels like yesterday, but that's when I started my business and I just took the leap and I was so scared. And I just, I just know that if I get pushed down, um, I'm going to, I'm going to stand up again. It's okay. This, and th being a business owner and doing what I've been doing, like just putting myself out there, taking risks has been the most amazing journey in personal development ever. So yeah. So the, the, the work that brings home the bacon right now, the majority of our revenue for our company comes in through continuing education and it's continuing education for a very specific niche market. Okay. It's music therapists. And so I could oh. tell stories about music therapy all day long. Cause that's how I started. I started out as a music therapist and a lot of music therapists get hired by medical hospitals or mental health communities or, um, schools as well. Like, uh, but I decided to kind of go out on my own and, and see what that's all about. And, and I did, and I, I started a private practice mostly with older adults. So people have Alzheimer's dementia, but also skilled, nur skilled nursing communities. Um, mm -hmm. and then, and then my private practice, uh, grew and flourished. And then I realized, huh, you know, I, well, I was working so much and so hard that I, um, I got a little bit burnt out and I, I 
just, I was just exploring other things and I was putting videos out there and put, I was putting videos out there. I was writing blog posts. This was 10 years ago. Okay. So whole different, whole different, um, time than right now. Right now. one was blogging, not as much like face-to-face video. That's crazy. So what sparked you to start your business? What sparked me to start my business? Well, um, well, honestly, I have, um, okay. The freedom and the flexibility, uh, for yes, but also I now, and this, this isn't going to resonate with everybody because everybody doesn't start out like this, but when I was in second grade, I had my own business cleaning my dad's office. (laughs) Oh my gosh. A true entrepreneur from the very beginning. (laughs) But, But the thing is he trained me. He taught me. He said, well, if you want to get paid, you're going to have to give me an invoice. I said, oh, and so. Oh, I love that. So um, I called it KB services, like my initials, you know, KB services. And, um, you know, thank you for using KB services, da, 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 da. And it was an invoice for $4 for every cleaning, every vacuum, vacuuming. And um, sometimes I would do little extra touches, like dust little items on people's desks and things and um and i remember my so we would get the check excuse me my dad would give me the check and then i would give it to my mom we would drive to the bank and we would put two dollars into savings and then we would cash two dollars and blow it on toys r us (laughs) good old toys r us (laughs) oh gosh well i had read something a couple years back, probably that said that kids doing chores, instead of getting an allowance, they should be, it should be set up like they're running a business. So for different tasks, they get paid different amounts. And that's how an entrepreneur is born. I was like, I absolutely love that. And I need to do that for my kids. (laughs) Because, you know, cleaning a toilet and vacuuming should be worth different things, different amounts of money. I totally agree. Yeah. But don't let them nickel and dime you <laughs> set up a package deal and then they can itemize it and show you all the value that you're getting for this low price. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, so tell me about your music therapy yeah, and your continuing so- education. Sure, sure. Okay. Well, so music therapy is an allied healthcare profession. And so music therapy, if you think about it, I mean, a lot of hospitals have PT, ST, OT, and MT. So physical therapy, speech therapy, occupational therapy, and music therapy. Uh, I like to say that our field kind of got famous way back in 2011 when uh, Sundance Film Festival number one movie was about a music therapist. It's called Mm. The Music Never Stops. Then New York Times bestselling author Jody Picoult wrote a book about a music therapist. And it was called Sing You Home. And then the third thing that happened, was, which was unfortunate, um, that Gabby Giffords got shot in the head. Um, and she, in her recovery, she went to TIR Hospital, T-I-R-R Memorial Hospital in Texas. And that's a cutting edge uh, rehab hospital for brain injuries. And they have PT, ST, OT, MT, like I said, music therapy is part of the treatment team. And it wasn't speech therapy that helped her um, acquire her, some of her words, uh, or, you know, re re um, what's the word, uh, bring back some of her words. It was actually music therapy. So you can look for the YouTube video. If you just Google ABC news, music therapy, Gabby Gifford, okay. 
it'll pop up. There are a couple of videos that walk you through exactly what the music therapist did. They did something. My friend, uh, my friend Megan, who's a music therapist, she she was the star of this segment. And um, she did something called melodic intonation therapy. So you introduce words through song because song is predictable. So music is predictable. It's organized. It, it's got form. It's got structure, whereas noise is different, right? So um, if you're using music to achieve rehabilitation goals like speech, then consider the predictability of it and the organization of it. And oftentimes, Actually, there was this one guy I was watching. He spoke. He he was a he had a brain injury and he became this great speaker. And he said, you don't know, but what's going on behind the scenes in my brain is that I'm actually singing my words. You can't hear me singing, but they're happening in rhythm, in melody, in my mind. And that's that is so cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, yeah, so that that's what happened in 2011. Our field consists of 9,000 board certified music therapists based in the US, or that's the credential in the US, right? So maybe we have board certified music therapists around the world, but they got credentialed in the US. So that's, um, that's how it works. And there's a standard curriculum, you have to get a bachelor's or master's or PhD. And mm -hmm. Um, but I have so many stories to tell you. Music therapy is really powerful. So just to give yeah. you an idea, like a general idea, um, one of my most favorite stories is walking into the hospital where I saw patients and I got a referral from the nursing staff and they said, well, uh, you know, they gave me a list, 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 list. And I said, well, which patient, um, which patient is experiencing like the most difficulties with their hospital stay the most the highest level of pain the highest level of anxiety and she was down the list of my referrals the part and she said well there's this person but you know we'll just call her betty and she was like well you know her name is betty but good luck with her because she's really combative i mean she keeps throwing chairs at us she doesn't she oh, doesn't wow. want to be here um and so i said okay because those patients are the ones who respond the best to music are the ones who are experiencing the, the highest levels of pain the highest levels of anxiety so so i went to the room and i saw this well i i looked at all of her demographics right she's okay she's at the time it was maybe 12 or 13 years ago it was a long time it was a while ago at the time she was like 88 years old um you know i i could see what had happened and i could see all her demographics and what she had gone through. And so I walked into the room and I just looked at her in the eye and she did look really angry, but um, I just started singing, Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer true. I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. Right, and then- um, she That started, was beautiful, by the way. Thanks, by the way, I didn't say that they also said that this patient was nonverbal. She's, they were like, she's nonverbal, she's combative, she's so angry to be here. She started singing all the words to all the verses. Oh, that gives me chills. So then the staff, so then I see all these staff members popping up into the room and I'm standing close to the door. I'm like right inside the door because I know she's she's been throwing chairs and stuff. So I'm just- Watching your back. <laughs> I'm just standing like real close to the door to for my own pr protection and but then I see like oh my gosh all these staff people are coming to gather around this room to watch the magic happen because they thought she was nonverbal they they and wow. she 
Yeah. And she had been admitted to the hospital, you know, a couple days before. So this is, this has been like many days of her not saying a word and just throwing things. And then all of a sudden she's singing the words. And so it's like, well, she is verbal. It's just that we haven't been able to pull that out yet. You know, so that that's one story. Out oh, of, I mean, I could that's just, a beautiful story. Yeah, so that's an example, just so you have an idea. I mean, music, when, when words fail, music speaks. That's like a, mm. I mean, ah. Uh, that's so good. When words fail, music speaks. Yeah. And you've used that with kids with autism, Alzheimer's patients. So, so it runs the gamut, really. Runs the gamut in, in medical settings and in, in healthcare in general. Yeah, healthcare, healthcare and education, I, I should say as well. So um yeah yeah definitely the the three pop the three settings where music therapists have done the most uh brain research and behavioral research and so forth has been um uh alzheimer's and oncology so cancer wow. patients chemo as well as autism and so that's what i always do when i'm speaking i say hey raise your hand if you know someone who has or had cancer alzheimer's or if you have a friend or a family member who uh, is autistic, raise your hand. Everybody's hand goes up. Yeah, so everybody can can understand the power of music if you dig in a little bit to um, how how it may have worked with your loved one, right? So, um, yeah, so many more stories about music oh. therapy, but but um, and so you know, I I feel like. Um, when I, I'm I'm an entrepreneur at heart, I love just throwing it at the wall to see what sticks. You know, like I love trying different things and failing fast. And so I remember, you know, when I was getting burnt out because I, I was so passionate about what what uh, about about my work, about my clients. You know, I would walk in, there would be a group of these patients, these. Um, residents in memory care everybody's staring at the tv staring at the floor staring at the whatever you know just sitting there staring and i get i put drums in everybody's hands and everybody comes alive and and playing with each other and i was just so passionate that i worked so hard and for so long such long hours that i got burnt out yeah. and it was the burnout that led to me trying all sorts of other things and so one of the first things I tried was just writing blogs and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to write blogs just for my clients so that my clients can understand like my, the caregivers in these places so that they can understand how they can use music with their clients and they can, you know, take it away. And um, I would call them. I said, did you read my blog post? And they said, Kat, we just want you. We just want you. We didn't, we, no, I didn't, no. We I, don't have time to read. Just you bring the music to us. Right, 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 right. And so, but then, um, but so then I kept writing blog posts because I kept getting comments and I kept getting engagement and realizing that it's not my clients that I'm writing for. It's actually my colleagues that I'm writing mm. for. And I didn't realize that until, until I put out, um, <laughs> a video it was actually a real silly video of um boom walkers. so boom walkers are these colorful tubes they're um they're like c is red d is uh orange you know, red orange yellow green blue purple whatever they're they're in the they're in the order of the rainbow and they're in the order of the scale c d e f g a b right so um and so i arranged a pop song 
to play on boom whackers. And so I said, hey, if you work with kids or if you work with teens, then this could be a cool because it was a pop song. It was by the Black Eyed Peas. It was mm. it was I got a feeling. And so oh, I so good. <laughs> so I wrote the arrangement where, you know, you can play like I got a feeling on boom whackers in a group, right? Everybody's going bum, 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 bum. If that sounds familiar, if you know the song. Yes. So everybody's playing that and then you can sing on top of it or whatever. So then, but the video that I put with it was just silly and it was just my boom whackers in my shoes. And I did like a stop photography video kind of thing. And I, this is just fun. And I was like, I don't care, whatever. And I was kind of embarrassed because it was a little goofy. It was a little silly, but it's like my shoes, doing stop photography video in, in, with boomwhackers. So like, as if the boomwhackers are kind of alive and walking okay. around in the shoes. And then that video just blew up a little bit. Um, so, I mean, for my teeny tiny little market, like my, my um, field of 9,000 music therapists, you know, that video got like 30,000 views, which was a wow. lot which was a lot for me. And I was like, oh. 30,000 is huge. That's crazy. Yeah. And I love that what you said about just trying different things, the risk and the reward. Yeah. And having fun with it. I mean, we have to have fun with these things that we're trying. You made this silly fun video and then bam, it blew up. Yeah. And, and I didn't realize it would, I mean, cause I was kind of embarrassed. I remember I was at Pete's coffee when I published it and um, um, I was talking, actually a guy had approached me, like kind of asking me out on a date at Pete's at the time. And I was so <laughs> nervous, I was so nervous. And I was like, I I'm gonna publish this video and it's gonna be so stupid. And then he's gonna think I'm stupid. And you know, all these insecurities and I'm like, What's the worst? Oh, well, I just publish it. I don't care what people think. And then and then I went to see my clients for the rest of the day. And when I got back home, because in those days, I didn't have a smartphone in 2010, 11. I, yeah. I, I hadn't gotten one yet. Um, and uh, when I got back, I had 200 emails asking wow. people asking for the arrangement. So, but you have to understand, like I try, I was, I was trying all sorts of weird, different things. And then after that, I had many, many more failures, you know, or like failures. But the thing is, I didn't feel like they were failing because I was just having fun. I was just creating. I think mm -hmm. for me, for me, and I think for a lot of people with, with kind of my mindset or whatever, you know, like musicians or artists or, or I don't even feel like I'm a good musician. I don't even feel like I'm in, in that maybe not even in that arena, but like, I do love creating things. It's, it's the, the act of whether it's writing or painting, or even just like creating scenes in my mind that never even get published. Like just my imagination. I love playing with that. So I was like, as long as I'm creating, I'm happy, whatever, create, create, oh. You know, well, and you said fail forward earlier, and I feel like that's what you have to do. I mean, you can't look at them as failures that stop you. You have to just keep moving forward. Yeah, so that definitely resonates with me for sure. And you know, when I'm coaching clients and they're scared to do something, as you mentioned, you just ask yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? literally drill down. What is the worst case scenario? You're like, okay, well, I've made a fool of myself. I might be a little embarrassed, but instead look what happened. Yeah. Incredible. And you don't know unless you try. 
Yeah, exactly. You never know unless you try. And from, okay, my opinion is you want to fail fast too. Uh, Fail forward and fail fast. Like the faster you fail, then the faster you, you have the information that gives you the next direction. Yes. So, um, yeah, I was like, I was writing all these blog posts to my clients saying, here's how you can use a gong to ring in the new year with your mm-hmm. residents. Da, da, da. And I realized like they don't care. I would call them, you know, I would, I would literally call them to get feedback because if they're going to tell me that it's not for them, I want to know now, like, I don't want to be doing all this hard work. Right. So you're constantly testing it. And that's what I love. And I yep. think people are afraid to get intimate with other people and ask for honest feedback. Now your friends, everybody can ask your friends for honest feedback, but you know what your friends are going to say? Oh my gosh, it was great. You're doing awesome. And you actually have to do the hard work of asking the people who are not your friends, the people who are like either your clients or your customers or prospective clients and customers. I think people are so scared to get intimate and hear some sort of rejection or hear, but you got to, you got to, it's, it's thrilling. It's great. It's great. Like you, you need to know if you're doing yes. something that isn't effective. How can you improve if you don't know and, and just alter or slightly pivot in what you're doing to make it better for your client if you're not getting that feedback? Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. And right. And doing that like micro level connection where it's just one-on-one, you know, and, you know, get some, Hey, would it be okay if I hopped on the phone with you and asked you some questions about what I'm doing, about what I put out there or about, you know, and, and really, yeah. Yeah. Cause if you don't, like if you if you're not co-creating it um, with the people who are going to buy whatever you're putting out there, it's not going to land. It's not going to land for yeah. for them. Yeah. So and then you said from this video, this it was thirty thousand views, and your colleagues were asking you basically for you to teach them. And so is that where the continuing ed piece came from? Okay, so I love this part. Thanks for asking me because this part of the story is where I really fail so much more, right? And it was like that little success. But then I was like, first of all, I cannot get paid for my arrangements because I don't want to deal with the copyright issues Mm -hmm. of pop song, arranging pop songs and like, oh, I have to find a publisher to, I I don't want to. I don't want to deal with whatever that entails, which I have no idea. I just want to give these arrangements out for free but I do want to create a business somehow from this. <laughs> like there's that entrepreneur mind again. Right, right, right. It's like, I don't want to just give them out for free and then be done with it. No, I, I, I want to figure out like, okay, so, so I knew that the, um, I knew that, yeah, copyright and all that. Ugh, I didn't want to deal with that. But then I learned about building an email list. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can use these to build my email list. I'll give them away for free, build my email list. And I didn't know that you needed to build an email list until that happened with my video. And then I was like, I can't field 200 separate emails in my email account. Like, how do I manage this? And that's when I realized, right. okay. So <clears throat> so first of all, I, I got a little free email service or whatever, but then I was like, huh, okay, well, what else do, what else do my readers enjoy? The audience that I'm speaking to, what else do they enjoy that I'm able to 
produce for them and help them with. So then I started putting out these videos on drumming with older adults because that's kind of my thing. I mean, I, I can write pop song arrangements on boomwhackers until my face is blue, but um, but I, you know, the copyright stuff, I wanted to kind of like move away from there. So I'm like, what else can I do? Well, I, I do this cool thing where I drum with older adults. It's not done very often. Um, a lot of times, a lot of times the music therapy that's done with older adults is kind of frumpy and, you know, uh, drab. So when you're imagining you symbols. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I would encourage the listener to like, what comes to mind when you think of frumpy music with older adults, right? Like, uh, like, yeah, somebody with a teddy bear sweater or, you know, like just, uh, yeah. <laughs> And, and I knew that that was happening and I knew I wanted to bring sexy back. I wanted to bring sexy back to older adults in general. Um, uh, you know, as I, I'm not a sassy kind of person, but there is kind of a line. Like I, I, I'm not into frump, right? And I'm not into frump, not into sass, but we can have some sexiness in here. We can make it cool. We can make it like really tangible and relatable and like hey i am you you are me you know this is how i relate with older adults it's like when i'm speaking really when i'm speaking with any other human you know <laughs> I, i'm understanding hey i like you you like me we are alike let's find that common ground so the common ground is not in the teddy bear swimmer sweaters or the like the boring chime things or you know yes, like the triangles that's what i was thinking yeah so anyway Older adults drumming was kind of like a cool thing. Some people were doing it, sure, but like I wanted to really bring it back big, right? So I started putting these videos out and teaching people how to drum, how to use drums with older adults and, and so forth. And then I, so that November, so that, I, that video came out in May. And I want to say that November is when I released my self-produced DVD uh, teaching other music therapists how to drum with older adults. And um, I worked so hard on that DVD and I, oh my gosh, it was like, I worked so hard and um, it kind of fell flat. I mean, I did sell a good number on the first day, like on the opening day. It's a, and I did sell out, like I, I'm, I probably sold like a hundred or 200 or something like that, you know, but eventually it's like everything is going digital online. So DVDs are kind of out, but this was 10 years ago. So, do, you know. <laughs> And um, that, and also I just realized that I really needed to have a deeper understanding of marketing and sales without selling my soul. And so that's when I learned about um, having intimate relationships with your prospective customers and, and all that. And so, so that's what I did. I got, I uh, and a, a business partner at the time, we got a hundred business owners on the phone, on the phone, like this took many weeks got them on the phone, asked them very specific questions about their biggest challenges, their biggest fears, um, their biggest dreams come true. What have they tried to resolve their issues and um, did it work? And where the, where do they stand now? If there was a product that helped to solve their problem and it was in the format of an online course, would they buy it? How much would they pay for it? Like we asked so many questions and um, then, then I, so, from all the results of all those surveys, um, I created a course just teaching business owners how to build web websites. Oh, uh, huge. 
But yeah, but the thing is, and this was 10 years ago, right? Because so when all the small business owners were scared to death of the internet, because the internet is like kind of taking over everyone's lives, and I don't have an online presence and what's going on. And so it's not like my passion is teaching people how to build websites at all, not at all. But my passion is helping people Mm. who are making a difference in the world. And so if that means that building a website is part of their journey, then let me help them do that. And because that was their biggest pain point, you know? So I just followed their lead, taught that course, that course, um, you know, I put about a thousand bucks into like the graphics and everything. And I earned 7,000 back and I'm like, Oh, and that was my first success where I was like, huh? Okay. The return on investment is good. Then I launched it again, got the same return, you know? And this time I didn't have to put a thousand in because I'd already bought, you know, bought the stuff and but just earned 7,000 again with the next launch. And I'm like, oh, so that's when I thought, okay, in this field, this dear field of mine that, you know, music therapy, all these business owners want to, you know, they're want to build their web presence, want to have websites. Okay, cool. So, but what else do they need? They need so much more stuff, so many other ideas and things and ways to become better clinicians, better business owners, da, 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 da. and I don't know it all. So how can I take this experiment that earned seven times my return on investment and multiply it by 30 or multiply it by a hundred? How do I scale? Right? And so that's when musictherapyed.com was born. Um, when, when I recruited five instructors, um, or four, four instructors, I think outside of myself. And we, those are our founding instructors, our founding courses. And now we have more than 30 courses and it's like the premier place for music therapists to get their continuing ed. This is so huge. As somebody who got really interested in online courses this past year and wanted to build a course, I took Amy Porterfield's, uh, digital course Academy where I felt like I got a PhD in course creation and was in way above my head. There's so much to learn, so much to do. So the fact that you said you launched one course seven times your money, and now you've got 30 courses. That's huge. I love that. And the fact that you were willing to do the hard work and call a hundred people and get their feedback because that is what is key. You've got to be willing to get on the phone, get their feedback, because as you said earlier, if you're selling a course that has, that's important to you, but may not, you know, answer the questions that your customers and your clients have, then it's going to flop. And you've invested all this time and money. Most people are not willing to take that step. And in, in online business courses that I've taken, I've taken a ton, you know, just to teach you how to do an, you know, how to run a membership site, how to like in a lot of them there, they, they walk you through the, you know, identify your customer avatar or your ideal customer avatar, whatever, you know, and they'll say like, okay, imagine you are your prospective customer and you know, write out their life path and their like write out all the things, but which can be helpful. But if you get them on the phone, then that will ensure your success because it's not about the words that it's not about your words. You, you want to use their words. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And ask them permission, like just be open and ask them permission because what happened when I was talking to all these business owners, you know, at the end of the call and I, I still, to this day, have conversations with music therapists, uh, you know, 
probably t- like 10 times a week, right? 10, 10 people a week still, um, because this is what informs the direction of our website, period. I talk to people I don't know. I talk to people mm-hmm. who don't know me. Um, so, um, and I'm not extroverted by any any stretch of the imagination. Like You're doing what needs to be done to get the job done. It's as plain as that, exactly. Um, but but yeah, I mean, you'll you'll realize that when you talk to people who need you, who need whatever you have to offer, they don't have the same perspective as you do. Um, they don't they they don't use the same words that you do to describe their pain because you you are at the point where you have already processed through and maybe like gone through healing or gone through training or whatever it is like what if it's emotional healing or if it's like intellectual training or what you've gone through the thing that you needed to do to get to the other side so that you can be of service to them but they haven't done that yet so your perspective is so skewed even if you've been in their shoes before even if your ideal person like that you're serving even if um you know you're like oh that was me five years ago, you know, but still your perspective, you got to listen to them. Yeah. So well, what you said is so important and any sort of marketing, you've got to use their words that, that they're using and that's how it's going to resonate with them. And that's how you're going to be of service to them. Like you said, you've got to walk back. Where was I five years ago? And unless you really journaled and took great notes, it's hard to remember because like you said, now you're on the other side and you've processed it. You've given us so many great nuggets. So I'm curious if someone, a woman listening wants to start her own business, give us like just three tips of advice. I know you've probably got a million. (laughs) Well, well, all of these things. Okay. Yes. Yes. I, um, I love, love, love helping people with this. Uh, so number one thing is like, you keep saying Bryce, like you, this is your thing. And I, I so resonated with this. Um, you said it's not always linear. And so I say, it's not always a straight line. So, because we think, okay, I'll just plug in, plug in, plug and play. And then and it never works like that. You will hit a dip, you will hit roadblocks, you will hit rejection. That's okay. And it's all part of it. It's all part of it. So that's number one. Number two is that your femininity is your strength, one of your strengths. Okay. So like um, my favorite part of my femininity is get having intimate conversations and really listening to people so deeply okay so whatever it is about you um you know i know bryce you have mentioned like we're women but it doesn't mean that you know like you can stand you can have your place at the table lean in it can be your table that you own you know like you know like uh don't be afraid to shake the hand of that ceo or give a presentation to that executive board i like i can't stress enough how like whatever you bring to the table regarding your feminine nature is powerful is strong strong like strong isn't masculine thing strong is a feminine thing too it's it's both so that's the second thing. And then the third thing is don't be afraid to talk to real people on the phone in real time and have intimate conversations. Um, like, and it's scary. It's 
You're in, with with people, not your friends, okay? Not your friends. Like, <laughs> people you don't know. Ask your friends to introduce you, you, you know, to someone who is struggling with the problem that you want to solve. Mm. Um, and don't be afraid to get these people on the phone and just like create a hold space for them. Like, you know, just hold a, like just say, hey, I'm here. This is what I, this is what I'm working on and what I'm planning on doing. And, um, you know, I, I'd love to just ask you a few questions and, hey, maybe you buy them a coffee for their time or something like that, right? Like, you know, it doesn't have to be, can I pick your brain for free? I mean, it, it, you, you can, whatever works for you, whatever the context is, right? For me, I never uh, paid anybody back or whatever, because at the end of all of these conversations they would say wow i didn't expect this i didn't see this coming but i really feel like that was a coaching call you helped me get really clear about what's really holding me back and what i want instead so thank you like so they would just be like thank you so much and i would be like you're welcome And, (laughs) and then i would you know i wrote so many notes is it okay like if I take some phrases and use those in my marketing and all, I can read you the phrases that really stood out to me. And then I just get their permission, get their explicit permission. And then they're like, yes, please let me know how else I can help you. This is amazing. That, 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 you know, like, so. Well, that- because you have so much value to give. The conversation was beneficial on both sides. Yeah, awesome. it- Exactly. Exactly. So whatever, don't, don't sell yourself short. Don't think that you don't matter. Don't think that what you have to offer as a solution to someone's problem isn't important or isn't enough. I mean, it's, it can be life-changing for some people. 100%. And you just have to believe it and step into it. Oh, yep. Totally. Totally. That's exactly it. You have to believe in yourself and you know, wherever you get that strength, where do you get it from your family? Do you get it from God? Do you get it from meditation? Do you get it from like exercise? I don't know, wherever you get that strength, like really tap into that and, and believe. Yes. Cause we've all been given gifts to share and I'm so glad you're sharing yours. And as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, we all know somebody who could really benefit from this. So tell us where we can find you and you know, I just wish you the most success. So we all want to support you. Thank you, Bryce. Likewise, right back at you. So you can find me on Instagram. It's just Kat Fulton is my handle, K-A-T-F-U-L-T-O-N. Um, and yeah, you can connect with me over there. Um, or you, my my continuing education company is Music Therapy Ed. Um, but connect with me personally at catfulton.com. All right, sorry, at Kat Fulton on Instagram. And I, I'd love to chat if... Uh, yeah, for anybody who needs a little pep talk or a boost. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank Thanks. you so much for your time. This is incredible. It's my pleasure. You're doing amazing work, Bryce. So thank you for um, thank you for everything you're doing in your podcast and really empowering women to step into oh. step into themselves. Well, I love talking to women such as yourself. So it's really my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week and make sure to share the episode with a friend that would enjoy the conversation we just had. Also join the Wine After Work Facebook group to connect with other like-minded women.